folks, one of the Redneck Country Podcast. You're on with Real Redneck Tom Millard. Of course, we've got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill. Tom, Bill, are you there? I am here, and uh, it's a beautiful night for a podcast. It is a beautiful night for a podcast. I concur. Can I, can I say something? Absolutely. Can I stop you? <laughs> Many have tried before. Many have failed. <laughs> so... Even when I'm not in the best of spirits, just doing that intro right there, I don't know if it's you, and I don't mean to sound cocky or arrogant. Maybe it's me and hearing my own voice, but it pumps me up. It pumps me up. It, it pumps you up, perks you up. I mean, and and you got to, uh, not to sound cocky or arrogant, this early in the podcast. Now I got it out of the way. I don't even have to look for it podcast. anymore, right? I tell you what, no. but it does. I was sitting here, dad depressed me, having a discussion, blah, blah, blah. And then I do that, and I'm like, wow. Well, every time we Ready disagree, I know what to do. I'll just hand him a mic and say, here, do your opening. Oh, good yeah. grief. <laughs> I'm good to go. And sit beside go. me, as always, is my father, the patriarch of Redneck Country, Rear Redneck, Dom Millard. Dad, is your mic hot? No. It's just warm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, all the hot air is about to come out of there. <laughs> it's going to be on fire. Just like me. As warm. the kids say, it'll be lit. I was warm walking over. <laughs> Even though all the snow, it was a wonderful walk over. I told you. It. Told you. It's you getting hot. snow today? Oh, did we get snow? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was out shoveling first thing in the morning because my snowblower, I still haven't fixed it. So Surprise. Yeah. That's a summer job for you, isn't it? Maybe. But, well, and I fixed it like two years ago. I fixed it like four times through the winter. It's because it's belt driven and the belt keeps popping off and I should probably put a new belt on. It's probably not stretched, but I just get by. And then I think it's such a good workout shoveling snow. And you think that for the first five minutes and then the next 20 is where it all goes awry. You have a tiny driveway. It takes you that long to shovel that driveway. double car laneway. Yeah, but it's But short. you got four vehicles in it between the trailer and so there's no driveway there to shovel. No, it's, it's, the trailer's not, the trailers are, they're in, they're in the garage and storage. It's it, right. just the two vehicles in it, but. But yeah, it's still a pain. And then but, our road's so wide, we get double hammered with yeah. the snow plow. It, it double swaths it and pushes it over. So high view is four lanes wide and the plows come down four times. So you get a double swath. And what ticks me off, I get up this morning, we got a neighborhood full of seniors and people that are waiting for back surgery. And then there's people that got to get out of their laneway to go to work. And then the <laughs> snow plow comes down four times times and i went out and i did nine laneways this morning i got five done and the snowplow came back and filled all the laneways in again. more important did you have your <laughs> click clacks on no i did not you didn't wear I your was, click clacks no it wasn't slippery it, it was, was slippery snowy. i almost no. went down like five times no and then i went back and i cleared the end of those laneways and he come by again and he come by so fast and right up against the curb that he not only filled the laneways in, he threw the snow over top of the boulevard piles and filled in all the sidewalks and that I just cleaned in front of the Let me tell houses. you, Bill, oh, I, got, so I got buddies that work for the city and I'm not sure that I can keep paying them to keep going and watching when dad just <laughs> yeah. gets the laneways if we keep oh. getting this much snow through this winter. I could have stopped him, I'd have throttled him. I'm not kidding. I was so terrible. Yeah. He just filled everything that I'd just done twice. 
dad, twice. Dad says, "Oh, I'm busy." No, now, now he's busy. Yeah, now he's busy. Now <laughs> he's got stuff to do. That's right. Finally. How do I keep him away from having to call me every five minutes with Todd? My computer. Well, hey, Todd. How yeah, do I, okay. I just he, make sure he says I, that. it cost me a little bit, but we got the plows rolling. He says that, but I don't hear my phone with the snowblower going. I come in the house and Todd and my wife says, "Todd's been calling you." Yeah, Todd's been calling me. I've been busy. Once. One time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you called. <laughs> but we got some new people moved in on the street. Uh, I understand they're ladies, and there was a young lady stayed over last night to help and set things up in the house, whatever. And I looked down the street today, and here's this poor young lady with a shovel trying to find her car. Now, wait. I'm going to pause you. People are going, what does this have to do with redneck country? Let me tell you, folks, I, I've heard this story already when he got when he got here before we got on. And this is the epitome of what redneck country is all about, regardless of hunting and fishing, which is a big part of it. But this is the actual epitome of. OK, carry on, Dad. So anyway, I went down. I said, Can I help you out? She said, oh, my gosh. She says, I stayed overnight and now I'm stranded here. I live from an hour from home and. I, I I got I haven't even seen my car. It's completely covered in, and the back end was piled like hip deep with the snowplow gone down there four times. So I went. I got the snowblower going, and I did not only her laneway, but the next door one. And it was. I'll tell you right now, the guy would have never got in the laneway at home. He would have never got in. He would have had to stop and dig it out. By that time, it would have been frozen solid. And and hard to move. So anyway, I cleaned them out. She tried to pay me. I said, no, 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 no. I'm not trying. You don't have to pay me. I saw you down here struggling. She's you saved me hours of slugging, but I'm going to stay overnight one more night anyway because I live away an hour from home. So then I, I head back home and now across the road, the, the, I, what I just done, the snowplow had come down and filled in all the sidewalks again. And here's two <laughs> ladies out there trying to clean theirs out. So I went back across and did theirs again. And so they they put their shovels down and said, thank you very much. And so I finally got in for lunch. But I was out there for about three or four hours. It was refreshing. That is, I had, I had yeah. 10,000 steps in before noon, and all I did was run the snowblower. <laughs> yeah, and they were all four feet apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without, his, no, without his spikes on his boots, with no click clacks. Without his spikes. But I tell you, that you're absolutely right. That is what... what about here trying to help people do good things not not expecting anything in return for it and uh you know and, and today is a good opportunity for that especially in a neighborhood here i mean out in the country here there's not there's four houses <laughs> around where i am but uh everybody had everything taken care of by the time i was out but i, I tell you what you did good no that's that's it's good that well i get in the house and, to, and to help out. Said, todd called you and i said what for she said that's all right i talked to him i'll tell you what that was about but she says our neighbor next door called. He said thanks. He's waiting for back surgery, so he said he he said to tell you thanks when you get in. So I got lots of thank yous. So that was all yeah. you need. Just make sure everybody can get in and out when they need to. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So anyway, go. that is the epitome of redneck country, right? They get a get That's a redneck it. from helping your neighbor in the sun. Now you're probably bundled up in the winter. You ain't getting a whole yeah. lot of sun, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's one of those days. But, uh, but that meant yeah, that I, that meant a, I had to rest. Note. Sorry, Bill. It meant I had to rest my legs for the rest of the afternoon <laughs> watching football. I told you, Bill. You ain't. His mic is getting hotter and hot. You ain't getting yeah, a word in it, boys. <laughs> See? Oh wait. Oh wait. Hey, you guys <laughs> chirp me. I could buy it honestly. See, he's starting to get a little too comfy. Uh, well, I, I thought you what? got that from your mother. Yeah, that's right. Oh, <laughs> good. Yeah. I don't keep, get a word in edgewise when I get out. 
I would never get a word in edgewise here. So I've decided I got to take it one place or the other. Yeah, That's I just it. I got to move the mixing board closer to my hands. That's all. <laughs> yeah. So on another note, with regards to the uh, the winter time, that uh, 1980 Everest. 500 snowmobile is going to get some workout. I, I hope in the near future. Do we? Do you, can you get CAA or in the states if you're there? Can you get AAA for a snowmobile? Because I feel like a 1980s snowmobile. You're just asking for trouble. You're asking yeah. for. Oh, I mean, yeah. it, it'd be good cardio. Sure. It's it's like a make work where it isn't going to break down. It isn't going to break down. Mm-hmm. I'm 10 kilometers from home. Well, it's a good day for a walk. Yeah, and that's that's the fear I have because I don't uh, I don't ride with anybody else, which is probably a mistake. But I, I broke everything last year and touch wood. There's not much else that I can break this year. And mark my words, that was my curse that I just <laughs> put onto myself by saying there's not much else to break. But uh, yeah, I had fired it up once uh, to to move it, and it's ready to go. And the snow came down with enough force. And uh, passion today that I think within, by the weekend, the trails should be open and I'll, I'll take the old machine out and uh, give her a rip. That's for sure. So I'm excited. I'm excited about that. We went snowboarding this weekend for the first, second time actually this year. Oh, and? So, yeah, I did okay. I mean, it's Are you in the COVID tough. numbers now? Did you have to go to the hospital, get tested? And then like, you're like, oh, I got a sprained ankle, but they tested me. And now I'm in the, <laughs> you're a statistic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I'm good. <laughs> I was all right. I didn't, I uh, didn't fall. I mean, I, I think I said on the podcast last time when we went, I had to tackle Violet yes. uh, because yes. she was uh, she just not her. <laughs> yeah, she was. She was either her hitting a tree or, or me tackling her. So I tackled her. But the uh, uh, the adventure center is a little kitty hills, so they call it the adventure center. And Violet spent uh, a good portion of her day uh, on uh, the adventure center on the the hills, getting used to uh, turning again and stopping so she uh she did a couple big hills by the uh by the end and she did really good she was slow and and uh, uh turned and i didn't have to tackle her and it was it was a good day to be on the hills it's, and the snow was great oh it was powder it's been powder yeah, for you know a bit what? right because I mean, it's, uh, it's been it's, cold it's, enough that it kept it kind of powdery right that's right i mean it, and i don't know how much uh snowboarding or skiing anybody does uh, that listens but the the last time i went it was it was too man-made and it, it was like a snowboarding in a, a snow cone it was a snoop. granular it's, it's it was I call terrible it snoop. terrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was, it was terrible but soupy, this time it was snow. perfect and and uh, we had a great time. Right so. on. See, it's funny you mention that because I was just I, I I don't admit this a whole lot, but but I have a slight. I so I love shotguns, right? Rifles. I own some. We've talked about this before. But I'll, when I look at a shotgun, there's something about it that I'm just like, man, it just looks good to me. And and usually, you know, high grain wood and some nice engraving, like fine shotguns, right? Like sporting clay guns or some even go back. Like if I really want to get into it, and I Google up like fine shotguns and like a Holland and Holland and, and stuff like that, which I could never afford, right? Like $400,000 shotguns, little beautiful, yeah. right? That it does it for me. Looking at them just does it. The other thing, and I don't know why I can't shake it. But when I look at a skateboard deck, it kind of is similar. Like I, I, I it just, I, I can't, it, it looks good to me and I want to collect it. I want to, yeah. I want to buy it. I don't know why. And I have a hard time, like my ankle, well, uh, getting stepped on a few times by some bulls. My ankles aren't too great. And so 
my, my youngest, I got her last summer skateboard. So I bought a couple decks and set them all up, nailed a kickflip, went to do it again the second time and came down on my ankle. And that was that. And I'm like, Oh, and it's still to this day. Like that was last summer. It's still, I can't get the, get on the board and, and even starting to Ollie, my ankle, it, it's too sore. And I got braces you, and everything. You realize no how old you are, right? Yeah, well, no, I don't. This, this stuff I don't, comes I don't, with, I don't know well, what you're talking about. Problem, right? so, <laughs> you, you drink, you don't drink enough milk apparently or something. Yeah. You're a little bit enough brittle. protein, but so if we, <laughs> yeah. it, there's too much sugar in milk, 12 grams in a cup of, a cup of milk, 12 grams of sugar. Anyway, so bring this full circle where I'm going with this is I, because of this and Facebook groups that I'm on and that as I'm scrolling the other day, there's a possible new hobby that I don't have time for because I shoot, I hunt, I fish. Like I got the kayak, the, the Red Eye Country Battleship, all these things. And now and uh, I, I'm so fighting the urge. I'm, fight, I'm fighting the urge. I get this Please. ad on Facebook. You evil freaking <laughs> Zuckerberg. And up comes Land Yachts. So Land Yachts is a company that makes the the, the giant cruiser boards, right? So uh, I this Land Yachts, go, they have a snow skate. Now, it's not the snow skate like sold at Walmart, like you're thinking like a plastic snowboard without bindings. It's like a skateboard, right? No, professional snow skate. And so and they, they've come out with these things. They're unreal. They're uh, the base is like a snowboard. So it's, it's the same, like the carbon fiber material, whatever the heck they're made of, a polyurethane carbon fiber, blah, 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 has an edge on them. And just like a regular snowboard. And then it's, a, there's a riser and a skateboard deck on top of that. And you ride no bindings, but you ride it down a hill. Like it's got grip and no, it just, or you can ride it down a street, right on downhill street or through a park that has snow and you could do the flip tricks and, and ollies. And oh my gosh, dude, just watching the video, they know how to make What's an advertisement. Called? Land What's yachts, called, like land, yacht, land yachts, snow skate. All Land right. yachts with a uh, Z. I'll put that on my Dude, spam email. Do not list YouTube there. this. I tell you what, I am now like, nope, don't do it. Don't do it. No, I think you should because we don't have enough <laughs> like wipeout videos uh, on, on any of our platforms or social media. And I think it would be an excellent opportunity to get I'm more. I'm not sure the Canadian you know OHIP system. Like a million, well, the maybe, Canadian OHIP system cannot afford for me to take up another hobby. <laughs> oh, no, this would be great because I think with all the, the likes we, we get on their YouTube page likes. that we could have like a million. You can, you get a silver plaque for your, your or whatever it is, a silver and gold yeah. plaque for for the number of views. Sure. I think you should do this. Sure. I almost bankrupted it one, one, once when, like in my bull riding times. I don't think that yeah. OHIP's going to be able to handle it if I take up snow skating. Oh, your wife would love you if you picked up another hobby. Oh, she would. If she heard you trying to encourage me, you would be on her hit list. In fact, <laughs> I might just tell her after this podcast is over. These things are like 400 bones, by the way. Hey, I will have you know. That's that's chump change for somebody who's going to make millions <laughs> off. Like the, I like the, that the theory. If I'm going to do it, I should let her know like hey jen this is a this is a money-making scheme this is a this is a business venture it's not a hobby it could be i'm <laughs> sure she would be all over it and you know what you can you can tell her that i'm encouraging it from a different angle i tell you what i'll buy a me. snow skate make it happen you start riding bulls again yeah, not a chance. <laughs> well, then not it's settled. <laughs> I, I, thought about, I thought about riding bulls the other day, and then I went, you know, my knees are a little sore. Forget yeah, it. Suck it's it not up. happening. Yeah. yeah. Buy, buy, buy a snow ski or whatever they're called. Snow skate. Snow skate. No. Has it got a motor on it? No, no, no well, not yet. 
then I'm not a jet <laughs> But it can, Bill. <laughs> I'm sure you can put a, one of your high-power blender motors on or something. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, so before we get into what we're going to do this week, I want to, I want to like, read out some of the, the jazzy comments that we got. I was sharing them with you, right? I was taking some screenshots. Yeah. I'm all pumped, as I normally am. And we I do this every... You too. Yeah, yeah, you did. You did. So you can bring yours. I'm, I'm going to... So we got one. I won't... I don't know the full name, and this keeps us safe because they commented on Facebook, and instead of saying their real name, I could say their Facebook persona, and obviously they're okay with that because they commented on our stuff, so it's it's a public deal. So a J Mitch S W R T J Mitch Swart. And he's like, you know what? This is the best freaking. This made me grin from ear to ear, and like, like I got a little bit emotional, I think. But when, when I when I read it, but he's like, this is a freaking kick butt. I can't use the pro, all the terminology, but this is a kick butt freaking podcast. He's like, I'm I'm in love with it, and he listens to it at work. So I, I wanted to give a shout out and say, anybody that listens and you guys want to come on and join us. Literally, we just have a conversation. You are more than welcome to come on and share whatever you did. Or your best yeah. hunting stories or your best fishing stories. We welcome it because we have a blast and, and meeting new people. It's awesome. That and then yeah. if, a, another shot. Anybody, of, sorry. If anybody thinks this is scripted, well. <laughs> Against Bill's better judgment. So yeah. when, when I first solicited Bill to bring this on, he's like, all right, I'll do it. But, but how, how are we going to structure it? Well, there's no structure. No, no, no. Like we point for it. No, there's no point for us, but we just talk because yeah. <laughs> it's our therapy. It's just, it's, the and Bill's personality versus mine. But I said, I need you just to, to kind of counteract my personality because I'm just willy nilly and I'll be all over the map. Yep. So I see that worked out well. <laughs> so, and then I want to give a shout out a, a, a while ago, Dalton Carter, and I believe he's out of Mississippi and, and crushing hogs, sent us a message, said he loves the podcast, buddy. If you're listening and you hear this, I'm going to reach out again on Facebook um, uh, because I, I didn't give you the full contact details, but honestly, if you want to come on, I want to hear about hunting hogs. I've well, always, I've always wanted, we, we touched yep. on it with T-Bone Turner, right? And he's like, they're just such a nuisance down in Georgia that they don't even like talking about hunting hogs because they're such a nuisance. They're so they're everywhere, but where we, we don't have them. And like, there's rumors. Oh, there's hogs starting to come around our area. And they're like, Oh, now, now our ministry has said, you can't hunt them They're They yeah, now well, need to be trapped and relocated. I, we're not allowed to shoot. I didn't, them. Know, I didn't know if we we're going to get into that right yet, but boy, oh boy, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Until I read the OFAH uh, article and it kind of makes sense, but it still doesn't mean that I don't want to hunt hogs. And if the, if I see a hog, I'm not going to let it go because it's not illegal yet. Yet, to hunt hogs. yet? is that hogs true? Here. It's not yet. Yeah, not yet. But they want to make it illegal. Right. To and the hunt theory hogs. was, if you start hunting them, you're going to chase them around. They're going to expand in the area. Yeah. And yeah, they're, they're just learn to avoid if my memories. Right. They learn to avoid hunters and they will repopulate faster. Yes. And I don't know how, how they come to that conclusion. I'm not a biologist. I will. Neither am I. Yeah. But I mean, I'll See, ask. I was to told clarify. a long time ago if I ever start a conversation with, I'm not a doctor, but I mean, <laughs> it, <that's, laughs> I do it all the time. Probably stop right there. <laughs> really? I'm not a doctor, but uh, <laughs> no, no, you got you to gotta end that conversation right there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. 
I mean, I got Google. I've, I've done yeah. enough. I've, I've been hurt enough it's, and recovered some that I think I can give a bit of diagnosis and assistance. Well, I tell you right now, Not to my, sound first cocky thing my doctor, or arrogant or anything. You're cocky or arrogant, but I went to <laughs> medical school from Professor Google for a full day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got and a was, common cold and you're like, okay, I got a cold. Next thing you know, you're dying of, of AIDS or cancer. <laughs> it's, yeah. It, it well, will escalate right now, fast if you start looking up symptoms. I go, I got a sliver in my finger. Oh my gosh, I got tetanus and now my jaw's starting to close. I think I might've had rabies. I'm foaming at the mouth. Oh my gosh, I'm going to die in a week. <laughs> yeah, you might as well cut it off. It'd be fine. But I go into my doctor's office, not to just go on a complete tangent here. But <laughs> Too late. He, the first thing he does when I tell him my symptoms I'm is not he sure opens I'm... up Google and he puts it in the search engine to see what it is. Are you he went serious? To medical school. I'm not kidding you. Yeah, I don't know if it's WebMD or whatever he looks at, but the first thing I do when Bill, I tell him, where do you meet the doctor? Is it like is he does he does he well, have an I office? Did. Does the office move a lot? Is it like in this well, trailer and then he's done in that trailer? And he's like, well, I'm at this conservation area this week. If you want to swing yeah. by, I won't be back in your area till March. Isn't that what your doctor is? Like, I mean, I thought that I was don't have a doctor. I don't go see doctors. I'm my yeah, own. Well, you probably should. I mean, one that makes you lay on a couch and yeah, yeah. see and, and speaking of this another shout out the only i have to see is a massage therapist so a big big shout out to wendy as as always <laughs> barbell massage therapist that's her business name uh, does wonders you do that you don't need a doctor you're good to go yeah yeah well anyways yeah, yeah, anyway. well, there you go. so yeah i want to get those shout outs and then of course less and, and and then i was talking to my good buddy brian moore he's president of the ofa chapter for our area and so I should give a shout out to him. He's they're they're cool beats. Him and his, him and his wife. They met me one time. I was I was kayak fishing out of I want to say Rondo. I don't quite remember. I was everywhere with my brother-in-law and it was getting dark. So it's like, all right, it's getting close to nine o'clock. We got to call her and we got to start to head back to back to shore. And lo and behold, they had seen my truck parked because they have a cottage out that way. They had seen my truck parked in the laneway at the, or the parking lot, whatever. And so they were there waiting on the dock for me to take a picture. So some of my pictures on, on Facebook, I got from Brian. He was pretty good actually with his phone. Now, if you're my friend, full disclosure, I have a hard time keeping friends, Bill. I don't know why you're still around but uh, the reason one of the reasons is because i love Can't to have fun to, yeah, yeah i don't know so i i always tell everybody that if if i like you i chirp you and that's how you know if i don't like i just ignore you i just won't even talk to you and that's that's it so, so there's not many people i don't like and then if i really hate you well then i go over the top and i'm super nice to you because i know it'll drive you insane so that that's the three theories that i have on friendships but i did i took that picture for brian and i <laughs> I put one of them up. I made a post, a Facebook uh, marketplace post that I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for a photographer, check out this work. His name's Brian Moore. Here's his number. Da, 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 da. I fired it up on there. He's a professional photographer. Look at the work he did. Oh, dude, I have some fun. So I may yeah. have to apologize to Brian, but that is my, that is my, but anyway, I want to give those shout outs because we do, I don't yeah, think we I do enough one. of it. And that's kind of redneck country, right? Yeah. So hit yours. Go. No, that's it. And a uh, uh, buddy of mine, Jesse Gondosh, uh, uh, gave us a shout out a couple of eight days ago and says he's been listening to these while he's doing snow removal and sidewalks uh, and uh, they're, they're so good so uh, I appreciate the fact that you're listening uh, getting the message out there that we're having a good time and 
yeah, it's it's nice, and we don't do it for uh, for anything more than a little bit of therapy, and hopefully we can connect for, to a few people. And and yeah. uh, thanks yeah. again for for listening. It makes it worthwhile when we get the positive feedback. I agree, sure. and and I gotta say, so I, I gotta lead in with that a little bit because I got a few things like actual scheduled topics, Bill. I didn't write them down. These what? are just coming off the top what? of my head. So I'm saying they're Holy scheduled cow. now. Before we hit the end of this podcast, we gotta cover these. <laughs> so right. don't let we me got. forget. So a uh, sponsorship which we've typically not entertained in the past, but I'll get there. That, that was number one. Number two, we're, 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 so, so hold on. You're going to go to ABC or one, two, three. One, one two, three. A now you're making two. me forget. Oh, Don't okay, let me forget okay. before I get this out of my yeah, head. <laughs> so, so then the other way, the other place I want to go before this podcast ends is we got some, I don't know if they're controversial things happening in our area, but, uh, but OFA, I'm not even sure if they're generated by OFA or by the MNR or by a group of folks, but there's conversations starting to happen. I've read in some magazines and stuff like that about hunting season, bow hunting versus rifle. I have my right. own concerns I wanted to bring up. So I wanted to, I wanted to bring that up and possibly touch on it. And, and maybe dad has also got some feelings because he just got a survey for turkey hunting. If there's any changes he'd like to see, yada, yada. And I know he's got some theories that I might argue with a little bit. So I want to cover that before we hit the end of this podcast. But so I, I, right. But I want to also say, Bill, what did you do this week? Well, I tell you what, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on on that because it wasn't very busy with the uh, the fact that we had minus 20 to 30 uh, te- degree temperatures here. Uh, uh, we didn't hit the gun club. We thought about it on, on Sunday, but we decided just to stay home and do a little bit of work around the house. And You the, didn't the hit the gun club? Things, Tell you we no. I don't even know who you are anymore. Don't even know know who you're. Candace, if you're listening to this, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, well, she's not. (laughs) 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 What I did do though is I I went for a run today. I went for a 25 minute uh, run on the elliptical downstairs (laughs) beside my my furnace. Did you drink tea while you were doing it? Were you watching the view? Well, I was listening to, to uh, my, my uh, mix, uh, not my mixtape. I was going to say mixtape, but I'm not that old. I have a mixtape. Did he make it for you? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, had tea, I had tea in kit form. I had, a, I had a little bit of water there and burned some calories. And uh, yeah, I felt pretty good doing it. So got to start somewhere, right? It's been a long time since I, uh, I did anything productive as far as working out goes, and I don't want to make it a workout podcast, but at, at that, we uh, we got to make our gains and, and lose some weight, and Candace and I got a little bet going as to who's going to do what faster, and we'll see uh, in a couple of weeks if uh, I lose that right on. 10 You know what? I'm going to give a shout out, and you might kill me. Candace might kill me, but there's a company that the supplements that I buy out of the States called Bucked Up. Again, not sponsored. By, by these folks other than I get a really good discount just because I talked to them about getting it up here to where I'm at and they, they gave me a decent discount that a uh, code I can use all the time um, but can there, there is a competition they did back in around Thanksgiving time and there's thousands of people that do this. They open it free. They put it up on, on the Facebook page. The only thing is you have to buy one of their supplements to qualify to win for the prizes. And then the first, the, the ground zero, and then first, third, and sixth week, you have to post pictures. And I mean, very revealing pictures of yourself, but you don't post them on Facebook. You send them to them. And then they have to choose, you know, who is the lost the most or the, the, who got the most out of the workout. They give you the workout program every day and, and you follow along and join this group on Facebook and do it. And there's thousands and thousands of people. And probably the majority are women that do it. And so Candace did it and she became, she was in the top five. Am I wrong? 
Yeah, she uh, six, five, five or six, five, yeah, fifth or sixth. Yep. So she, there's she another one. So so kudos to Canada. Like that's yeah, unbelievable, unfreaking believable. And so like, yeah, oh, she's looking like a personal you. trainer. So are you yep. guys doing that bucked up challenge again now? Because there was one that just started now. She is. Yeah, she's doing. Is she she's in doing it? that. She's her. Yeah, she's she's doing that. Uh, it's six week challenge or whatever it is. Started uh, a couple weeks ago, even. And she's. I was just. I was sitting here in in, in the sunroom, and uh, she's got her workout stuff on. Grabbed her water, and she was going to go work out as, as we're talking here. And one of the things I wanted to tell you too, and I know it's going to be hard for everybody to believe, but she found a way that Brussels sprouts taste good. <laughs> Hey, she led us down the path of how to get goose to taste amazing. So well, yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I, I cannot get enough of Brussels sprouts now. And it's, I thought I would never say that in my entire life because I hated Brussels sprouts as a kid because my mom, love her. She, she can cook almost anything besides pork chops and Brussels sprouts. And she doesn't listen on a regular basis, but her pork chops always... They, they were a little bit hard and Brussels sprouts. They were just steamed and I hated them, hated them. So Candace figured out a recipe online that it's got uh, a little bit of uh, maple syrup. Uh, oh, sold already. Of, yeah. A little bit of maple syrup. It's like bacon. Yeah, like- well, I, well, there's bacon in it too. She, <laughs> she, takes, she quarters, she quarters the, uh, she quarters the Brussels sprouts, puts them in a, a glass tray. Um, and there's a, there's a ratio and I don't, I don't know what it is, but a little bit of uh, avocado oil or cause that's what we have in the house, avocado oil, butter, maple syrup, mix it all together, uh, cover, cover the, the Brussels sprouts completely mix it in this, uh, glass Pyrex tray take uh, uh, a little bit of bacon and and cut it into probably about you know a quarter inch strips like uh, uh, length or widthwise across across the, the strip of bacon and and put that in with the Brussels sprouts as well cook it at 375 for 15 minutes take it out uh, like stir it around so that the mixture is is, is covered covering the the Brussels sprouts put it back in the oven for 20 minutes take it out and it's like the best thing that you've ever eaten. The best it's thing. I've eaten some pretty good things. You haven't eaten Brussels sprouts that taste like this. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I'll it's give you that because I'm not sure I've eaten Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I hated Brussels sprouts up to about a week ago. I would eat anything in this world besides Brussels sprouts. But I tell you what, I cannot get enough now. <laughs> well, I might this have to try. This way only. You cook Brussels sprouts another way and try to feed them to me. The almost guy's not eating Brussels sprouts. I can promise you that. Jen, <laughs> will you put Brussels sprouts on the grocery list? We've had them in one of the Hello Fishes. You don't like them. Oh, yeah, but I like them this way. Okay, but he has eaten them in my venison stew because they're in my venison stew. Maybe he didn't know it, but they're delicious in my venison stew. <laughs> Mm. I'm not sure about that. I'm going to have to reserve judgment on on the difference between smart, (laughs) smart. Almost guys stuck to his ways here. (laughs) Brussels sprouts are only good in one way. Anyways, that was a little bit of another tangent. Yeah, I like it. You're going on some tangents. It's contagious. Yeah, I know. It is. But okay, that's enough about me. What uh, what you guys get up to this week? I'll let Dad take it because anything I got to talk about, I did it with Dad. Well. First of all, I want to give a, a shout out to the snowplow driver in, in our community because by the time he comes by four times and keeps 
plowing in the laneways. You get kind of tired of cleaning them out, and it's usually hip high because the street's so wide. He's done a really good job of keeping people home during these COVID times. So I want to give a shout out to him. Oh, Bob, <laughs> he's keeping people locked in their laneways. Secondly, we shot twice this week, Bill. <clears throat> Did you? We shot twice. We shot Wednesday, and we shot the Inner Club on Sunday in the cold. In the wind. I didn't want to talk snow. about that one. You can talk about Wednesday, and, but I don't want to talk about Sunday. Oh, yeah, but it was fun. We On Wednesday. Define fun. <laughs> Shooting in Canada in minus 17 degree weather plus wind chill. Not fun, Bill. I was, <laughs> I was, I was struggling and under the lights, and, and I was struggling. And I thought to myself, you know, what am I doing different? I, I haven't shot really. Not hitting targets. Yeah, well, I haven't shot really good scores since I fell. And I thought, am, am I favoring this shoulder somehow? Am I? So I thought, okay, I'm going to go out. This was my last round, and I hadn't posted over a 20 yet. And so anyway, I thought, I'm going to do my old style. Lift the gun way can high. I, can I tell you what I think you're doing? Because I, I bit my tongue till now. You're shooting slower and slower and slower. Yeah, because I'm trying to figure out further and further and further. I'm trying to figure out. Well, under the lights, you see them so quick and everybody says slow down. But never mind I disagree. But yeah. So anyway, I put the gun high, pulled it to my shoulder and brought my cheek down on the gun and then lowered the gun in place. And I got a perfect figure eight and I posted a 22 in the wind and the cold. And I thought, finally, I felt good. I felt good. I, I probably figured... I figured that I just wasn't putting the gun up the same way every time because I was favoring that left shoulder. So I thought, just bite the bullet, lift the gun, put it to the shoulder, put my cheek on and bring it down into place. And I thought, perfect. Well, then we went Sunday. And let me tell you, man, oh, man, everybody was posting low scores. Some really good shooters were, were shooting 12 to 17 in the handicap. I mean, good really? shooters. Oh, yeah. It was everybody was saying going to be low scores in the Lewis this week. And, and so I went out and I, I did my thing and Todd figured out really early. It took me a little while. These targets were hot. I mean, they were really blasting out of there and I don't know whether they didn't seem like they went any further, but oh my gosh, were they blasting. No, they said they set them regulation. Now they don't set them with a gun, but they set them with a stake and, and all that. So you can have them a little hot coming out. It depends on the height wise, right? So they could be hot coming out, still land on that stake. It's just their initial launch is like, boom, sure. because of the yeah, height, coming out, huh? right? If they're a little yeah. higher or a little lower, they'll launch like a, like a bullet. But typically then if they're hotter, they're going to go past the stake. And so they set them with the stake, not a gun, but they're still set. I mean, they're still shootable targets it was just two different traps it was like two different targets sets so you got used to one that felt really really good and then when you moved over to the caps it felt like those things were coming out of there like screaming oh so todd told me hold a lower gun when i was passing them from five to one i walked by him and i said you gotta get aggressive you're shooting way too slow because these things are moving like i'm three feet out four feet out in front like i'm swinging like a madman on hard rights and like really and that's when i started clocking them i'm like you gotta move like aggressive so i held a little lower gun got a quicker look at him (laughs) went for him and then i started hitting him and, and i made some shots on some i didn't think that I was able to, and, and they broke, and I went, oh, all right. I still didn't shoot a terrific score, but there was so many bad scores, and, and one really good shooter come up, and he says, he said, I barely broke a 40. 
He said it was awful. And some, yeah, and that's his home club. He made the 27 yard line at that club. Yeah. And it just, I mean, it was just stymied. They were just coming out there. Really good shooters were really having trouble because they were coming out so fast at the start. And there was a lot of people getting disgusted. But anyway, Wednesday night when we shot, Bill, Bill hit for $19. So he got more than his money back for Wednesday night. And Sunday, my score hit for $29. Did hey. it really? It hit for 29 bucks. Oh, you jerk. Yeah. So I didn't hit it all. <laughs> no, you shot one target too many. Uh-huh. So anyway, but, but I was shooting like crap. Remember Bill and I said, I, I just not into it again. Blah, blah, blah. I figured out I had a problem and I figured it out. I think I texted you. You did, but I, I wanted to expand on it a little bit more. What I broke my gun. What were you doing? Well, so you bro- I have. You broke your gun? <laughs> well, nah, not really, but but yeah. So <laughs> I, I have a precision. Oh my gosh. Hanging with that, it's uh, osmosis here. I'm <laughs> a precision <laughs> fit stock. So PFS, and it, it looks like everybody calls it like the, the artificial leg stock because <laughs> it, it's all rods and it's a, it's a shock and, and the whole nine yards are completely adjustable. Well, the shock, I noticed it. Uh, now last Wednesday we didn't we went this this past Wednesday we didn't go the Wednesday before because it was way too cold that we had a storm coming in it was like 80 mile an hour winds blah 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 right so we didn't even bother but the Wednesday before that I had noticed that in the practice round that I shot that it was compressing when I pulled the gun up so the shock had worked itself looser and looser so when I when I mounted the gun I was pulling it in and compressing the shock and I didn't that's not good now my gun's not mounting the way it should right like I'm compressing the gun so the shock was too too soft so i ran and into you the, can you, that is completely adjustable to how much uh, you, you can oh yeah like, yeah, yeah. How, how much you like <laughs> much you get really soft or, or or not at all right so and everything in between so i ran into the clubhouse they got a a, a tool shop in there like a workshop with, uh, with every tool you could think of so i ran in there i ripped it all apart i tightened it up and i i did it after I don't, I don't know. I think it was a practice 25. So I ran in, I did it, tightened it up, put my, my butt pad back on. Now, when I was putting my butt pad back on the butt pad itself has three screw settings on how it goes back on. Plus you can move it uh, aside from that on, on fine too, but it has three specific screws and probably four inches between the first setting and the second setting. Well, that's a big difference right? Like if you move your comb up four inches, now putting it on your shoulder is not moving your comb up, but still it's a bigger difference because it's, you want to melt the gun against your shoulder in the same spot you always do. So I, I, I didn't realize when I took it off, I was in such a hurry. And when I went to put it back on, I'm like, Oh, I think it was here. And I put it back on. So then I shot like crap the next two rounds and just thought, I'm just the wrong Todd showed up. And so then missed the next Wednesday, went out for our league Sunday, shot like crap again. Couldn't figure it out. The wrong Todd. And everybody's like, man, the wrong Todd ain't coming. I'm like, yeah, I'm just not into it right now. Like this sucks. I just I don't even your care to shoot right there. now. You were thinking your right? head wasn't there. So and I went out last Wednesday and I started the practice. And again, I'm, I'm not like under the lights, full choke you. And, and actually I'm using a Muller U3 from, from the 16 yard line. And, and I find it's perfect. It patterns very good for the load I'm using. What's so that equivalent to in, uh, you know what? It's probably a light mod with a Caesar Greeny choke. Caesar Greeny chokes are a little bit tighter um, than, than other chokes to start with. I can give you the thou on it, but um, I, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I, I, I can figure it out. I'll, my, it, but it's about a regular, 
regular, it'd be a mod in a Browning, I would say, but it, it's it. probably yeah. like a light okay. mod. It, it's very, very equivalent to my Caesar Garini light mod choke. Very close. Maybe a little bit more open than that, but not much, but I'll tell you, it smokes that target. Like when you, so under the lights, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, that pattern is so beautiful coming out of there that it's just a ball of orange dust that hangs there. It's awesome. So especially on a still night and it's dark and the lights on it. And like, that's the only thing in the sky is this orange cloud. And so I'm used to that. That's what got me back into wanting to shoot again. Yeah. Like getting that breath of fresh air, right? Oh, this is awesome. I love shooting under the, under the lights at night. And I was, I went, the first 10 I'm chipping and putting and, and even the scorer is like, Todd, what's going I'm like, so I hit the next five and then I realized, wait a minute, I, it's a lot of work right now. Cause now I'm really concentrating and now I'm like trying to get back into it. And I realized I'm having to, to chase these more than I am. And I'm still chipping them. I thought, Oh, and it clicked that butt pad. I bet you I moved it and it's not, Oh, I moved it down. So my gun, I'm mounting it too low. I took the rise out. So the next five targets I called and I wait, I I'm, I'm a typically a pretty quick shooter. Cause I shoot a really high gun. I got to wait for that target to get above my bead so I can hold a low gun, wait for it. And then I just a little movement. So it, it seems like you're shooting really fast to others, but typically it, it's just, what it doesn't feel that fast. I'm not trying to shoot fast. Right. I'm just, yeah. I shoot when I realize yeah, my, my, my sight picture. picture when yep. it's right there. So I, re- I, I let the, I let them hang. And then I started ink balling them, shooting them a little further out, but ink balling. Them. I'm like, I covered it right. It disappeared behind my barrel when I pulled the trigger on every target. And that, I, I mean, I usually got four or five inches between my bead and that target when I pulled the trigger, right? I'm shooting 13 inches high at 30 yards. And yes. I'm going, this, this is not right. I, I said, that's it. After 15 targets, you guys carry on. I'm keeping my 10 shell. I'm going. I figured it out. So I moved it down one, went back, finished my 10, and realized it's still not enough. It's better. I lowered it back. And then after that, then it was back to, oh, this is better. Now I'm ink balling them again. And even the scorekeeper bill says, ah, oh, that's better, Todd. You're balling them up now. You're hitting them hard. Yes, thank goodness. So I figured it out. So, folks, yeah, it, you if you what, take your gun apart, notice tough. where the crap is when you when you put it back together. But, yeah. So here's a just a quick question. So when you get um, this back to the summertime, are you going to have to do lengthen uh, it? That's it. Set up all lengthen over it. Again? It's just, just that's all you're going to have yeah, to do. Because right? I, I shortened yeah. it for all the clothes I'm wearing, and I, and and that makes a big difference, right? You get snappy. Well, so the, sure the shorter the gun, yeah. and we've talked about this, the shorter the stock, it, it, you get. You get a little bit snappier, right? And I like a short stock, but too short, then you snap them. And what happens is you'll short shoot the lefts and the rights because you don't, you snap at them, right? So a bit longer of a stock will smooth out your swing. So there is a happy medium there. And so I know now the, the amount of layers that I wear in the winter. So I've shortened it a bit, but if I take that off, like if, if it's a warmer day and I don't wear one of those layers, it makes a difference. Sure does. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to have to do in the summertime. Cause I took the, the pads out of my jacket, like I was saying in a, a previous podcast and, and I'm not sure if I got it right yet, but it's tough wintertime. I'm not going to put any stake in, in anything I'm doing here besides going out and having a good time. But when, when the summertime comes again and I can get back to wearing, you know, just a long sleeve shirt, my shooting jacket, the uh, uh, vest, like I always do, then maybe if I have to make a, a minor adjustment, then it makes sense. Yeah, but right, right now <laughs> you got to adapt. Don't get me wrong. I was talking to Frank a couple of weeks ago, and his comment was very clear. I mean, you got to adapt, or, or there's no point even even you know putting the shot in the. Oh, it's in true. The You're air. wasting shells. You know? Yeah, you're wasting shells. So, uh, 
if you're not willing to make the changes based on what your your clothing is or or you know that what you got going on then then you're gonna struggle yep because fit is everything and, and i mean hunting guns if i could afford it i'd put a pfs on my on my benelli super black eagle well, Frank Frank's dad, you know, you know Frank's dad, Lou. His comment was very clear. I mean, a gun is like a, a pair of shoes. If you get a pair of shoes that don't fit, they hurt. You got it. You, know, you, you, can't, you, got you can't wear it. Can't walk. And that's it, so right? And I noticed that the, I was getting hit harder too. With and, yes. and I'm like, did I well, tighten that shock too much? It wasn't that at all. That butt pad was just a little bit lower on my shoulder and was driving back into where I'm not used to it hitting. And I was yep. sitting there when he came running in to adjust it. And he took it off, and there was three holes. He says, I put it in the bottom hole. I got to move it to the middle one. And I said, how do you know you don't have to move it to the top one? I did. He <laughs> says, I don't. But he put it, I think it's going to be the middle one. So he went out, and he come back. He said, you were right. It's the top one. So he had to move it. Wow. Yeah. I bet so you that was hard was. for him to say, you're right. Yeah. I'm not sure those words came out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be shocked if they did. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was our week. So, that's awesome. Yeah. That's good. All right. Are we uh, ready we'll for my agenda? This weekend. What's yeah, that? Sorry. That's cool. That's cool. You ready? Yeah. Cool. So I wrote it down. I wrote okay, down. Let's... I wrote down as I was talking on this podcast when I said to you, so the sponsorship, I don't want to mention um, um, what we're, we're about to, but what we're, what we have in mind. And, and we've talked about this bill. I, I, I'm ready to, to say it on here. It's not to fruition yet. So I don't want to mention names, but we're no, looking but I at, think it's time to start to mention yeah, that the so framework a little bit. We've toyed with, with clothing line and we've gone to the tractor poles and stuff like that. And we've got a bunch of different design shirts, you know, got ducks, got beards for the turkeys and, and, you know, got bucks and, and have the skull at Scotty shot a nice big 10 pointer on the back and, and all that with the redneck country logo on it. And then I, I've made a design that we only made 33 shirts of and and i fell in love with it i mean i made it but it might be a little not to sound cocky or arrogant but might be a little biased because i made it but it's the it's what we do is what we always say right because we're real rednecks this is what we do and that's the theory so we put dot 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 it's what we do we have the real redneck logo on the back of the shirt but then we have the design the design has a clay target it's got a trap gun or a sporting gun a sporting clay gun it's got an over and under but a a really nice looking gun i care i think it's a blazer f3 super sport to be honest with you um and then it's got a, a hunting gun and they're kind of crossed in behind. It's got a duck. It's got a goose. It's got a turkey. It's what we do is we, we really do love shotguns and such, right? So maybe add a bow, but that design was, it, it took off like gone. And we never made any sense because we thought, okay, we need to regroup. We now know what we like to wear. And this shirt is kind of cool. So we're thinking of getting some of them made in a short sleeve. And you say you don't have arms for a short sleeve shirt. So we're going to have to get some long sleeves. And then we have our hoodies that, I'm sorry, I just love our hoodies. We got the patch. You know, that that hoodie is phenomenal. I I love it. It's comfortable. It's in my rotation, active rotation. Um, My brother's got one. I got one. My son's got one. That's all I wear. Awesome. And so it's so soft, but it's also, we, we've got the patch on it, like an Under Armour patch, if you will, the Twill patch with the Redneck Country logo on, on the front. And then we put the real Rednecks kind of sewing on the hood uh, logo. And so I, I'm, I'm in love with, with that hoodie. I don't think you could ever change it. And then we got a couple hats as well um, that, that we've kind of standardized. Uh, we've, we've been all over the place with hats, right? Because you go to a tractor pull, you can have a myriad of hats. We got trucker hats, we've got snapbacks, we got like, you name it. So I think we've settled on a couple hats and we're thinking about coming out. So we've got a, 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 a store online store that they, they sell their own gig to that we're in talks with where we're going 
to kind of uh, probably promote their product. They're going to promote our, our clothing line and, and maybe do some collaboration and stuff. And so it's, it's starting to come to fruition on that. And, and like I said, we've never really entertained the sponsor side of things because we wanted to keep this fun and our therapy, but this is kind of right. the, the next step, I think in promoting and saying, you know what, this is who we are. And, and the theory is if you're wearing that logo, you're, you're a good folk. It is, it's what you do. And so yeah. like, and like that, you're going to snowblow laneways, but you're also a hunter, you're a fisherman. And it's letting the world know that we're good people, even though we own guns and, and we hunt and we fish and we're still, we're still good. And so it's not the Hollywood version of redneck. It's the, I, my neck got red from helping my neighbor in the sun kind of thing. So Anyway, sorry. Yeah, Bill. I think it's real exciting. I think it's an exciting opportunity for us to, to to get the brand out there, to to let people know who we are, to uh, help people uh, join the journey of of Redneck Country, and and uh, you know, it's not just the podcast. The podcast is a vehicle to, to get our voice out there a little bit, but and it's more than that. <laughs> yeah, and it is. But, you know, we we yeah. have a good time, and and we just cut each other up and have a good time doing it. But at the end of it, if we could, you know, see, you would be awesome going down the street and seeing you know the, the patch on the back of uh, the trucks and people wearing wearing hats and, and stuff it like happens that. around here right because we we've hit the tractor poles and we got decals for the truck and they put yeah. them on and 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 folks that you've met at a tractor pole and, and from out of town and and we'll go to different towns and do it and we do the you know the big buck shows and stuff like that and and we'll set up a booth and just you know sell them and and it's it's not really to make money at all i mean we this hey, redneck country my wife said it's the most expensive hobby i've ever had <laughs> redneck country, yeah. not even hunter fishing <laughs> because of all the, all the, the, the crazy ideas and design. And I mean, podcasts and everything, it, it costs cash, but I don't mind. Cause it's, it's a fun hobby. And so hey, you, you see that all of a sudden now we're in another town and you'll see that decal or somebody will take a picture and fire it to me. And like, this is driving around. And I'm like, that is just, they're like, do you know, I'm not really no, but I probably met them at yep. a tractor pull or maybe awesome. they ordered it online. And, and it's so cool to, to see that and be like, they're, they're good folk. And I'm like, if you broke down the side of the road, you see that you could rely on that person. And that's Absolutely. kind of the thought process, right? Is, is you see that logo, that's what it's all about. So we're hoping to promote that thought process. And so this, this company super person that owns it. And I mean, I, I, I've become good friends with them over the past year and a half, two years. And so it's just kind of, kind of fallen into place that, Hey, but why don't we do this? And yeah, Hey, that sounds like a plan. So it's coming to fruition. Yeah, shout out too. I mean, if anybody's interested in, uh, in, in, you know, if they, <laughs> how do I say this? If you're listening and you, you like the idea, let us know. Yeah. You know, if you, if you like the idea of, of merchandise, if you're interested in, in merchandise or, or like Todd said, to be on the podcast is, is a given. If you want to come on and tell us your stories and talk and, hey, with us. and, and that's, that's fun Absolutely. too. That's, yeah. That, that's, that would be great too. But if you're interested in some merchandise, let us know. So we know how big, uh, this could get yeah, because it's going to be a commitment for us to do. Like we, I've always yeah, done, like a right. thirty run of the shirts and stuff. You go to tractor pulls and 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 then you sell them just to be able to go back and make another thirty. <laughs> so yeah. you know, we've always this is going to be a bigger commitment, right? So absolutely, it's kind of the next step into kind of getting it out there, and it's just so that we can start to build a brand that says, "Hey, I'm good folk, and this is what I do, and I'm proud that's of right. what I do." And so that's kind of the theory behind it. And I will help you, and I'll, yeah. I'm a good dude. So or so or a good dudette. I, I, but yeah, so stay tuned. Yeah. So then the next thing on my agenda is possible controversy. We don't shy well, away from controversy. Yeah, so I'll, I'll ask the question. Did, um, did you get your deer hunting reported? I did it. We did, I think you asked me that last week. I, and I, I did it that day. 
You did. So on that deer hunting report, like I said to you before, there was a lot of zeros that I put up. <laughs> and I, I think. Do you sign that, that, the almost guy, so they know and they just don't even have to open it? Well, yeah, yeah. I, don't even, I, I don't even bother. I mean, You're they, like, they oh, send it and they it say, bills, yeah, we know how we know this is going to go. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You know, it was, I, I, actually, what happens is I put all, all the, uh, uh, the stuff in and they say, thank you, almost guy, for. For, for submitting it, you're under investigation you know. for being a possible peta member at this point. Yeah. Yeah. He says he's a hunter, but we think he's an animal activist. Right. I'm, a, I'm a conservationist <laughs> to the nines. So um, I'm so good. <sighs> yeah, but on the other side of it too is I always wonder. I always wonder what they do with that information. I wonder if they they take that, and I think that's part and parcel as to what we're to, we're we're going to piggyback off of, and say that there was some some questions asked of your father to start off with. I don't know if we want to go completely. Well, there, that's but, the last one, but we'll get there on, okay. the, on the turkey changes, right? And you're, you're so talking about I'm talking the deer. Um, well, yeah, I'm talking deer. There's, so there's there's some, yeah. and, and that's what I mean. It's it's not coming from the M and R. So way oh. back in the day, I'm going to preface this with a little bit of a story. Way back in the day, in our area, we have a lot. Of, we had a lot of deer population. We still do. I mean, we're we're successful, and not to sound arrogant or cocky or anything. It's not that's necessarily like six, because we're super <laughs> awesome hunters. I mean, toot toot. But it's not because we're super awesome hunters. It, we have a, a healthy deer population well i tell you that that's part and parcel to it i said this to tj uh two days before i shot my turkey i'm not a bad hunter animals just suck at standing in front of me (laughs) 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 that's pretty much the way it goes so based on your remedy there it's Uh, the opportunity it's the land that you have permission on is a big role right if the animals are there you can get permission and we when scotty was on in the initial podcast when we started out and and we were i mean we've always wanted to help new hunters as well right and that's why we tell stories so that even even experienced hunters we tell our stories so that you can maybe pick something up and be like oh don't try that because he tried it or oh i'm gonna try that that's crazy and it worked and and so we've done that and so when scotty was on it, it that was one of the things right because we have a lot of people there the facebook when when I, I get proud and people say it's bragging and i mean you could call it what you want but i i don't hunt to post my stuff on facebook but if i'm successful I'm going to post it on Facebook because toot toot, man, I'm pretty pumped, right? Like I'm, and and that's just what you do. And so I don't hunt to do that. In fact, sometimes I haven't even posted our deer pictures from this year yet. (laughs) Whoops. I just remembered that, dad, but I'm, I'm usually pumped and that's why I put them up there. So, but so people will comment, right. And be like, Oh, you guys are, some people are like, you guys are awesome. I want to hunt with you. And really we talked about this way back in the day and, and I'll post videos where I got like 18 does below me and I'm buck hunting until the black powder season comes up. So I don't burn a tag on, on a doe. Cause we, we want to, so I'm only big, big, it's gotta be a giant for me to shoot it. And so I'll have like 18 does walking below me and I'll go live. And a lot of newer hunters be like, I'd, I'd kill to shoot one of those. And absolutely I would too, if I didn't have to save my tag for the black powder side of things. Right. But it's, it's, it's the it's the farms that we have permission on that some are just and it go it, it will roll from year to year like for four years it'll be great maybe two it'll be bad but we just have good permission on on some good farms and that really plays a role and it's not
not necessarily that some hunters are just amazing. And don't get me wrong. There are some dudes that I know that shoot giant bucks every freaking year. And it's not yeah. on the same property. It's impossible. You can't have those giant bucks on in, in our area because we're not high fence or anything, but year after year after year on the same piece of property. I mean, unless you've kept everybody in the world out, that piece of property is massive yeah. and That's you a, just keep grooming. Or yeah. like that you, grooming it ain't a ranch, right? Around. Like, so you're nope. getting permission on your cousin's property or your wife's cousin's property or a friend's. And, and I mean, they're the uh, only, you know, half a kilometer or half a mile away. There's another hunter that's in there too. Well, he's hunting the same bucks you are. There's no yeah, way. It, so it those, doesn't hurt to be in an area like you guys are in where the buck to door ratio and the it's amount good. of deer are. It's good. Are, are, right? Are so, really, really so yeah, good. and that's it. I mean, we're just, it, we have, we're lucky to have permission where we have permission. Landowners are awesome, but we're lucky to be in this area as well. I often thought, man, if I have to move there, my first thing is, I, I can't move very far north because the deer population is not like it is here. Like, yes. There might be better fishing, but the deer population, and really, I they, like, I couldn't do it. And so that, that's it. It, it, it. There's a lot of area. So with that said, in our area, many moons ago, they wanted to put in, we are a muzzle loader only season. You can't shoot high powered rifles at any time of the year. We have our three controlled weeks that it both shuts down for, and you have the first week in November that you typically, well, the first full week in November, then the third week in November. And then the first week of December is usually how it rolls, but it's every other week and bow shuts down and, and muzzle loader only antique. They call it antique firearms, but it's muzzle loader. You only. can only hunt one of the three of those. Only weeks. one you put in for your draw. Yeah, you pick, and right. Now we are a hundred percent draw rate because we're in such an area and we've always been a hundred percent draw rate because we do have a lot of deer. Like we just have a good area. And so with that said, they wanted to uh, many, many years ago, they, I remember it. They wanted to put a shotgun season in because there was, they said, Oh, the count's so high. There's so many deer. And, and I say they, it's the M and R. And so a bunch got together and started going through our area, through our WMU. And they had various meetings in each of the WMU sub areas. And, and it got voted by the hunters, brought it forward and said, no, we don't want shotgun. And, and the, the biggest reason was everybody and their uncle has a shotgun. So now you're going to have a lot more pop people out hunting. And now instead of that one shot, cause you're a muzzle loader, you get one shot, that gun goes off. That's all you got. You don't get to, I mean, reloading a muzzle loader is not like shucking a shotgun or an auto loader where it's just, it's ready to go where you got three shots on a deer. You got one shot. So now, and shotguns are smokeless powder. So that bullets traveling a lot further and a lot faster and a lot more accurate than a I black don't know powder about that anymore so when you get when you get the the new well the and i'm talking back yeah back the then they didn't orders. have this right so back when okay, this like we're, we're back, 20 plus years this I'll was give before, you, i'll give you that yeah this was before then, but, the but smokeless now, muzzle loaders now they are you're right they just took the term and i think they should well me i'm a i'm, I'm a bit of a purist on this I, I use old school black powder and and i'm almost people I'm allowed my opinion, but I pellets think that are I you use pellets. Are no, I, I use the pellets. I don't, I used to, yeah, I, I, I still I mean, got but my Hawken, but it's well, still, it's still well, black powder. We're now. Okay. Yeah. I give you that. I'm a purist when it comes to that, that I put two, two pellets in yep. as opposed to the grains that you, you measure yep. out. Like yep. that. And, not, and I still, those bullets aren't moving. Crocodiles. Like they're moving what? 300 feet per second. That's not blistering. When you put smokeless yeah. powder in, you're moving that bullet 12, 1300 feet per second. Yeah, like that thing's yep. zinging. So it, it, there's less arc. 
it's a lot more accurate to a lot further. And so, and really, I wouldn't be opposed to them going, you know what? You can't use smokeless powder muzzle loaders. Now you can right now because all it is is it's got to load from the muzzle, but I wouldn't yep. have a problem with them saying no. And so now you got guys using muzzle loaders that shoot smokeless powder, like shotgun shell powder, like rifle powder, and and I mean they could they could pin a, a toonie at two fifty, two hundred fifty yards, easy. Where I'm not taking a shot over a hundred yards typically, like eighty eighty or less. Right. Well, I, I shouldn't, Are you kidding me? <laughs> I shouldn't. So you say that with a straight face. Right. right? <laughs> so dad's not taking a shot over 60 yards. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, I mean, an ethical hunter would not shoot that over 80 yards or so, right? Maybe a hundred, but you're, you're, you're starting to stretch it because the accuracy, the arc and, and just the slowness of that bullet. So a bunch of guys got together and, and they said, instead of making a shotgun season, why don't you let us have more tags? Just let us have, let us, uh, us black powder and bow hunters have more tags. That year we got our, our regular tag and had six additional tags. And I remember that we, we were shooting deer that year. I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> it was, we, I don't think we didn't buy all six. <laughs> We bought two or three. Yeah, he says, he says we use it air quotes. Don't speak for all of us because <laughs> I could tell you my garage, there was deer hanging in it darn near every week that year between me, Scotty, my brother-in-law. Like we, we were hunting deer. <laughs> we were, yeah. and, and, but, but we didn't do, each of us didn't do like, we weren't putting 18 deer down that didn't, I mean, it was still within reason because we don't butcher it ourselves. You got a $75 butcher fee. You got a 30 something dollar tag that gets expensive. Yeah. Then is your freezer big enough? Can you eat deer that fast? I mean, so it was within reason, right? That was ex very exceptional to have that many and we didn't do it, but I mean, it did allow us to hunt more and it was awesome within a couple years. Uh, like the next year we were allowed two extra tags and then we were right back down to, nope, just one. And then they're like, okay, we have a hundred extra tags for your area. The first hundred that come and get them. And so that stopped the shotgun season. So now uh, I've read an article and I know there's a, a big following. And again, entitled to opinion. I respect you. I I'm, I'm torn on this one. And I've had the conversation with Sasquatch that was on here. He is a bow only yep. guy. He does not shoot black powder. He's not a rifle or a shotgunner. He's a bow guy. He's a bow technician at a bow shop. He's a bow hunter. And I had the conversation with him. I've had the conversation with my buddy, Brian. And so I said, I don't know. I'm torn. And th there's this very simple reason. So what they want is they want to make bow available during the black powder hunts instead of shutting bow down, just allow the bow hunters to wear orange. So I have a reservation about it and you may argue with me and others will. And that's why I said, I'm torn right now because I, I don't like the change of that. And the, and the reason being is it makes me nervous, yeah. but the, the biggest factor I think of is I know where we black powder hunt. There are bow hunters and there's personalities in the mix and, and politics. And so I don't bow hunt where I black powder hunt. I bow hunt elsewhere. So, but I know there's guys that black powder hunt where I bow hunt. And so now you're going to have the bow hunters that have been bow hunting for a month coming and saying to the landowner, don't let these guys black powder hunt because I want to keep bow hunting. But now the landowner's torn because he's let these people black powder hunt for 50 plus years. 
And now you have the bow hunters that have bow hunted for 20 plus years that see the farmer or the landowner a lot more because they're there more than one week. Right. But you have the black powder guys that will do some stuff. For, and now you've got the, the farmer in a conundrum and there's personalities out there that will not be cordial. And I'm afraid it's going to give hunters in our area a very bad name and it's going to start turning off landowners to say, you know what? Screw it. it. Nobody hunts. Well, I mean, there's the element of of that. Like, is there... Is there a concern, you know, outside of your group necessarily? Because, you know, from if you look at it from a conservational standpoint, I don't see much reason why the two groups, if if you could, you know, get along. If people were jerks, for lack of a better term, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But yeah. I know, I already I mean, know the premise. And the, the and premise makes sense, right? It does. The premise it, makes it, sense. It, if a you, bow if hunter wears orange, hunting, so he's still in the, the restrictions. Season. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, that, that's the same way as it is, uh, you know, for the rifle hunt up north. I mean, you can hunt with bow, yep. but you, the bow hunter has to work. And that's their argument. It's, it, it's a lot of other places. Why isn't it here? And, and okay, that's valid. Mm-hmm. My concern is exactly what I said. And landowners here, and I assume everywhere, but farmers, landowners, they all talk. And the minute that you start to have one squabble, the, oh, the farmer in the adjacent is going to hear about it and be like, huh, I wonder if my people. And in the minute that one person says something to him, he's already got a premonition of how this conversation's about to go. Or he's already talked to the other landowner and knew that the trouble they had. And now he's going to be already on the defensive, even if it's not that big of a, of a convert and it's, it's going to snowball. And I'm afraid it's going to do more harm than good. And that's, that's my, and I do both. I I bow hunt and I black powder hunt. I have one concern even over that where we hunt black powder. It's one week. We have 14 plus tree stands in that area between five or six of us. And in the bow season, the bow hunters that have permission in there, there's three or four, they use our tree stands. And we know that, and we don't have a problem with that. It's a good rapport with the farmer. So they use our tree stands. So I go in on the black powder and find somebody sitting with a bow in one of the tree stands I was going to use that morning, which is my tree stand. There's conflict. But yeah, or, but you would have the conversation and that's, we, we would make yeah. sure, right? Okay. This is there. What's happening now? Or what, where are we going? But that conversation, it's going to be hard to have with some landowners and some personalities. That's right. And then the other thing of it is, you're going to be sitting in yours in a tree stand you've chosen and have a bow hunter come in to see if you're there. Cause if you're not, they're going to use your tree stand and maybe mess up a hunt that you've gone in in the dark and used your scent bombs and all the rest and mess you up. And they're so, thinking the other yeah. way they're thinking it's, you've yeah. gone in and messed it up. Right. So I can be, I'm an open mind. I'm not saying one way or the other. I don't want to, I don't want to cause any hard feeling. I'm being very transparent and just sharing my thoughts. And I, like I said, I've had this conversation with Sasquatch. Who's one of us. He's a big bow hunter. He's a bow guy. And I, I'm like, convince me the other way. Like, and, and we both were very open. We couldn't do it. We couldn't convince either one, either which way. Yeah. And it's tough. I mean, I, I hunt public land. So that exact scenario that you're talking about there happens to me 
three times a season. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where I show up and there's another truck parked where I would have parked. And now I've got to go to plan B so that we can both hunt am- amicably in the same area because it's, I mean, we're both allowed to be there. Right. So, I mean, it, 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 the twofold side of it is the premise of can the two parties co-mix if people aren't going to be jerks about it and they're going to have conversations beforehand. And if you know who those people are and beforehand you have a conversation to say, Hey, we're going to be on this side of the, the, the property, you know, those are my tree stands. You want to use them. Then we get first right of refusal to, to use our tree stands. Then it's a different scenario than showing up and finding somebody that is Granted, not tr- yep. trespassing, but it's, it's it all comes down to it. You got to make sure you have nice guys and, and, well, and, and personality and conflicts. And, and to, I'm well, telling you, it. it's gonna, yep. it's gonna happen. It's there, yep. you've, no, you've got some jerks and, and you've got others that are going to go, Hey, now that this is in, I've got to go talk to that landowner and get those guys kicked out of here so I can keep hunting. Yeah, now people become, you know, sneaky and that's it. You know, and, and, and I see that side of it too, or where that 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 side of your argument is valid the premise of having both um seasons commingle is is yeah is well, and, it, and it's not fair to say no just because there's jerks but i it, being a realist it is what it is and when i look at the future of hunting and and longevity like how is this going to play out how is this and newer hunters are going to have even more question. trouble like and that's it i mean if somebody's got other by all means email it, podcast at the redneckcountry.com you want to come on and talk about it want to have a discussion you have some answers or some some questions of your own bring it honestly because i want to have an open conversation I, I but go ahead a no. different, yeah. difference different uh, answer to the problem and i and i'm right along with you and it's the extra tanks and now now here hear me out on this one because i think it, it's harder for a bow hunter to fill a tag than it is for uh, uh either muzzleloader or high-powered rifle it doesn't matter if you've got a uh something other than a bow in your hand you got an extra likely. 40 50 yards in our area with a with a well, rifle right? more yep. than that i'd say the opportunities uh the opportunities to be in the bush are more plentiful as a bow hunter because you just got more time yeah but the the fact that you got to get an animal within a certain distance and range is is harder as a bow hunter pretty much but i I like the idea of more, more tags in your area and keeping the two, two seasons separate. Right. That that's my, my thought, you know, I, I wouldn't change it to, to, uh, to put the two of them two seasons together for the simple fact that you could have these problems, but yes, the, the theory is if I have a, a, a second tag available to me and it's all about quotas, right? And, and I say quotas, it's a, the quota of the area. What, what's your goal? The goal is to reduce the population by having a hunt to to reduce. Well, that's not the goal of this one. I, I, I honestly well, believe. Be. Well, I mean, from a conservational standpoint, what are we doing? I don't, this is, but this isn't being driven by the MNR, right? They're managing the numbers on a completely separate scale. They're managing the numbers based on additional tags. And this year we had like 100 additional tags you could get. Has nothing to do with bow hunting during black powder. This is being brought forward, I believe, by some bow hunters that want to be able to hunt during that, what they call that peak rut, because the first full week in November this last year, now coming up, it doesn't start till November 7th. There's there's no way that you can tell me that that is going to year over year be the exact. Oh, it's not. And that's what I said. This year was really prominent because it was the first, it was November 1st. Next year, it's going to be November 7th is your well, first full week. So now you're going to get to bow hunt right up till November. So you're going to get that magic time. But this right. last year, it, it was the opposite, right? It, November 1st, they couldn't bow hunt 
at which they consider the magic time, right? November 1st, 2nd, 3rd, right along it from, from kind of Halloween till the, till the 4th or 5th. That, yeah, that and Hunter's I can tell you that's probably the driving factor between up north where I hunt that you can do both between bow hunting and rifle hunting together because we, we hunt the first rifle season is open for the first two full weeks of November. Yep. So, I mean, traditionally, the rut's going to fall somewhere in that, yep. that but, time, but I or will, whether it's earlier or later. But then then that's that's it. But and, you guys only have one week. Right. And my argument on, well, it's in other areas is, well, yeah, but you, where you're hunting, Bill, is a lot less populated than where we're hunting. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Well, that's the reason why we have got, a rifle hunt up there and, and not you, and you guys it. have a muzzle. You have a high-powered rifle and you go two weeks and we have muzzleloader yeah. and go one week, right? And so, and they shut down bow. So you can have yeah, bow brother. because you might not run into a bow hunter up where you guys are because you're so far north and in the bush that, yeah. it, right? So you're a lot less popular. Where, where we are, there's not a bush that isn't hunted right yeah. now. There's another my point. Brother, my brother's got a controlled hunt down, down uh, where he, he is and it's shotguns. I don't. I think it's shotgun muzzleloaders, but I don't know if it's bow bow during that period of time. But it's the exact same premise as what you guys have. It, uh, you know, it's from this, unless you have a tag for the controlled hunt, or uh, you've you were successful in the controlled hunt, uh, you're you're not hunting it. And uh, it, shotguns or or muzzleloaders for sure. Yeah, but I'm not sure about bows. Huh? See, and I'm so from this conversation, I'm leaning towards that I don't like the change, but I mean, I'm open. What, Dad? Yep. I, I got a point that I don't know if it's relevant. I don't know if anybody thought of it. <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm scared because even when he thinks it's relevant, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't make me forget. For yes, your socks sakes. are gray. Don't make me. <laughs> okay. I, oh, now you made me forget. <laughs> I do not bow hunt in the area that I black powder. And I know that there are farmers who get pressure from family members not to allow gun hunting on their property. They would prefer bow hunting on their property because they don't feel it's as dangerous of letting people run around with guns. Guns make people nervous, certain people. And so there are a lot of farmers that you run into, no matter what you're hunting with a shotgun, that they would prefer not to have guns loose on their property. And so if this is the case where they can reduce the damage done by deer in their crops, by eliminating the guns and just have straight through bow, are they going to do it and eliminate us guys? And then say, okay, so I do have a crossbow, so I, I haven't been bow hunting for years because I only get one tag. So now I want to become a bow hunter because that's the only thing I can do on this property because this farmer has eliminated guns. Is he going to let me? Because I've never done it before. He's let these other guys. Am I even going to get in? So, you know, there's concerns about change that I have that, I don't know. Change lots of times to me is not. And a there's a lot of newer hunters that, that do the black powder thing when they first start because they don't bow hunt that if you make this change and then, and then people don't want like talk the farmer out of having gun hunt, they might lose their property. Like there's all kinds. And that's what I said. I've, yeah. I've really mulled this over. And, and my biggest thing was if the argument is, well, they do it in other areas. My argument against that is, but those areas aren't as populated as ours. There's not a bush that I know of around here that is not already hunted. Like go try to find permission. And we've been able to coexist. Now the next part is, I'm sorry, you might not be a jerk, but I know some jerks and I know some sneaky underhanded. It tries to happen now without that issue. I could only imagine now when you say, hey, you guys can bow hunt all the time and there'll be like, it's just a concerning thing. It's, and, and it might not happen to me on the property, but I'm not looking out for just 
Todd, which <laughs> I know that's what, but it's just, what just right. Just for hunting in our <laughs> area. It's just, it's a concern. No, you, you, you got a valid point though. I mean, that's, that's an element of the, the conversation that needs to be considered. And, and outside of the MNR stuff that can you guys co coexist without problems? I don't know. I don't know. I'm with you. I don't know. I don't know. So, so well, it's uh, good. I mean, we can table it for now. I mean, yeah, go, hey, go if anybody reaches while, out, we will bring it back up. We will carry on the conversation. Uh, we are not shying away from controversy and I'm, I'm not yeah. going to, I know like you, you can be concerned with, Oh, you might take some people off and lose, lose some listeners, but I, I'm open-minded. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I have an opinion right now. It can be changed. Help me. I don't think the opinion we want to talk about it is this sucks because it's changed. I don't know, convince me, tell me, talk yeah. to me one way or yeah. the other and let's have an intelligent conversation about facts for facts against and some things that we've considered on this yeah. conversation. Pros and cons and, and what is right? the longevity of hunting in the area? What, what yeah. is the well, long-term think, effect of hunting in the area? And, and I think the poor, the, 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 the goal of, of it, and, and I go back because I know this is not the, the, where you started with, is the reason why, why the... The reason why we're hunting to, to start off with is to help to help the landowners uh, control the population of the animals, so that we can control and put some food uh, put some food in our, our bellies and some meat in the freezer. But you know, if we, if we don't hunt, the population gets out of control, and the number of tags that are issued are based on the total number of animals that are in the area, right? Yep. And, and yep. to get to a magic number, whatever that is, I don't know the formulas. I'm not smart enough to know any of that stuff, but you know, if, if the whole thing is you, you if you're, <laughs> I'm not a biologist, support, but let me get on Google. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a biologist, but let me get on Google and figure this out. I, I got a calculator. I can do some math here, but if the whole, the whole premise behind your area is everybody can have a tag and everybody can, can harvest an animal and your population can still thrive. Then, then why not have an opportunity for that to happen somehow? Yeah. Yeah. No. Hey, it's conversation, right? That's, that's it. Let's, cool. let's talk it out. There's always a solution in business, folks. Let's get to the bottom of things. That's it. So really quick, let's the last the one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let's get the science. Trust the science. So <laughs> <laughs> I got Google. So then the only other thing we've been a little long and, and I apologize, but we'll, we'll knock this one out too, because this one, Real quick. I yep. am torn because dad brought this up to me and I am torn on this because of what I've read lately. Cause I was with dad a hundred percent. So dad got a report for Turkey. He, he's, he's been selected to do this report for Turkey. And it said, do you want any changes to Turkey? And dad, you said, I said, well, they come. They wanted comments on what you're finding more difficult, and and they want to know how much you spent and the time you spent Being and quiet. what changes and all that stuff. But <laughs> yeah. what I found is there's so many doggone hens where we hunt. The toms won't leave the hens, and so you hunt weeks and weeks sometimes before you get a tom close enough to to leave the hen to shoot. And so I suggested maybe allowing at least one hen in the spring bag limit just so you can take a turkey home or you're sure you're going to get a turkey that spring because you don't have to hold out for toms now that can be very so one hand or a 22 250 yeah i don't care where it is oh it's it's over there at a thousand yeah three clicks to the left what's the windage (laughs) did it flop 
fire again. <laughs> no, so I'm dad, not paying for the ammunition anyway. Dad's paying for ammunition. Fire again. Twenty twos. Hey, let's go. So, so that so dad says, and, and I've always been. I've said it for a long time, right? There's so, why didn't that Tom come? Gobbled forever. Watched him at three hundred yards. Never came because he's all hand up. There's so many hens, and then I got decoys out, and I got so I got a Jake and, and two hens out there, and a hen runs up and bends down in front of my Jake and tries to get my decoy to mount it. I'm like, that is a sign that these hens are frustrated. I've seen this in the bars, folks. I know how this goes. These hens are frustrated. Yeah. They're trying to get my Jake decoy to mount it. So there's hardly any toms in this area. There's way too many hens. I, I counted 20 hens walk by and I've not even heard a gobble. So I've said forever, let's start laying down some hens and, and even out this population. Like that's the theory on, on doe buck, right? One to one. Let's yeah, get her going. Right? Yep, that's right. So I'm like, let's do it. But then I didn't make that comment, but I have read on Facebook in the past few weeks and somebody said somewhere, and I've not gone to my science of Google yet, but I, I, I did read this person's comment that said, if you start shooting hens, one hen will decimate you. Will, it's unbelievable how one hen can affect the population. Now, is that somebody's opinion or is there a science-based fact? I read it. And I, I know, did not. I mean, I was, it's very simple in my mind. Like one hen, it's different than deer because one if, hen if is you four shoot, eggs, if you right? shoot a doe, yeah. right. if you shoot a doe, that doe may have one fawn. Or, or twins, pair, or uh, twos, twins, yep. whatever. Okay, so up up to two max uh, a year. Well, turkeys, they'll they'll lay oh, like six, seven, four, pulps, four to right? six, at yeah, least, something like that, and they'll do that twice. So yeah. I mean, uh, one hen could make twelve other birds, right? And maybe of those twelve birds, only eight survive. So this person's like that, going off the theory that one hen is you just killed six. Well. <laughs> That's not necessarily true. I don't know. True. I don't know. I've not gone. Like I said, I've not gone to Google and I've always been, let's start laying down some hands because. Yeah, I'm good with um, it. My brother shot one. And I understand that concept. Yeah, they do taste good. I understand that concept. You shoot one hand, you've shot six future birds for next year. But the flock, the sock size next year, I could take six out of those 14 and there's still a whack load of hands out there. You know what I mean? You yeah. can do. You could do it on the same type of same type of uh, scenario as you got a doe tag. I mean, you have somebody out there that you know you select. If 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 you think that the hen ratio is out of control, and maybe not everybody gets that opportunity, maybe you give somebody an opportunity to buy a, a, a hen tag that's hen only, not not tom or hen, hen only, and maybe you you limit the popular, reduce the population by you know. 50 birds or 100 birds in your area and maybe that's a better way of doing it as opposed to giving carte blanche to everybody gets the opportunity to hunt yeah, and i don't know if there's any scientific or fact knowledge to why you do or you don't i just know we see an astronomical amount of hens compared to toms yeah deer yeah. hunting this fall we saw flocks of 14 hens and not a tom in them now, I'm not saying the well, toms, and the toms are normally flocked up on their own, right? That time yeah. of year, you got hens on one side, toms on the other. Uh, we would see flocks of 14 birds. I mean, we were covered up in Turkey several times this fall in one week. I've seen flocks of 80 upwards, right? But yeah. I couldn't tell you. I didn't really do the count on hens versus tom ratio. But, but. 
Okay. So it, it, that also, it kind of strolls into rabbit hunting, right? Because so, I've always had, uh, God God bless him, um, uh, rest in peace, Mr. Ron Langley that used to be the treasurer of our gun club, uh, amazing man. And he would tell me, you shouldn't hunt rabbits in February because every rabbit you shoot in February is four to five less rabbits you'll have next year. Now, my issue is I predominantly shoot rabbits in February because I just finished deer hunting, bow hunting. I just finished waterfowling and I don't like to hunt rabbits till snow's on the ground because I can't see the darn things if there's no snow. And I don't like sweating my butt off because it opens like October 15th and it closes February 28th. So I predominantly do my hunting like this time now until January 28th. So... February 28th. <sighs> or February 28th. So I have a hard time with that. And, and I've never had like a low population of rabbits where we hunt. We do fairly well. But that was his There's theory, a right? reason why they say breed like rabbits. They, they, they populate themselves pretty quickly. They do. So, uh, they do. But, but he would also say that, right? He would say, don't shoot them in February because that's that they're coming up to breeding time when it's going to shut down. I'm like, yeah, but the season's open. Like I'm allowed. You'd think that if it was detrimental, they would shut it down. And he's like, yeah, but you got to be the conservation and think about that. Well, so there's, there's theories and opinions, right? And that just reminded me, I didn't, I missed a shout out that uh, another buddy that, that messaged me up and said how, how he was enjoying the podcast and forgive me. It was just because it's second nature. I, I talked to him is Mr. Isaac Clutterbuck. And I think, you oh, know, yeah. Isaac. Yeah. He yeah, reached he's, out. He's, he's like, dude, I am listening. It's awesome. Yada, yada, yada. So yeah, I, I better give a shout out to him. Side note. Good deal. Well, but yeah. So I don't I mean, have the answers. A lot of let's let's today, right? throw so, that out there. Anybody got opinions? I know lots of people are strong. Anybody that has a problem with me saying that there's jerks out there, by all means, hit me up. I mean, <laughs> you can argue with, I am open-minded. I will listen and I have a, I can be, my opinion can be changed. Like I said, I am yeah. not super solidified on anything we have talked about and I am not a biologist. So no, well, hit, you, hit us I up. mean, that's, that's what makes this, this, this conversation good. We're open enough to have those intelligent conversations and and even then we can disagree if we want and we can still coexist it's how this world can work as long as the conversation doesn't turn into a confrontation we're good to go yeah right and then if it does i work out ladies so (laughs) like just remember that (laughs) yeah oh yeah yeah it's top top foremost on my mind don't forget that bill don't talk about that god works out (laughs) got it not to sound arrogant or cocky or nothing but I will send you a picture of me flexing. If that doesn't scare you, well, yeah. I don't know. I just well, want to talk to you. I needed to lose 10 pounds anyways. So you won't eat for a week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, My so that was good. cold, by the way. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're talking too much. So, Todgenting, mm. Todgenting too much. So, mm-hmm. anyway, podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Bring it on, folks. Let's have opinions. And if you want to come on the podcast, like I'm, I'm telling you, Dalton Carter, if you listen to this, buddy, I want to hear about your hog hunts. He he actually messaged us, said he made it happen, which is our deal, right? Like, make it happen. It. Hunting can be boring when you sit there and do nothing. He made it happen. He semi-told me the story. I don't want to share it here. I want to. And nope. I said, don't tell me anymore. Let's get him on. I want to hear it on the podcast. Hog hunting right. with a bow. Made it happen. I'm hoping he reaches out. I'm going to reach out to him when we're done here. But And then, awesome. and then we'll the, the sponsorship stuff and the apparel stuff and we'll probably have uh, even that that company come on and and do some little ditties and maybe we get a biologist come on and actually set us straight hey that would be great too let's, let's talk to somebody that actually knows what they're talking about what? well that's me but we'll bring somebody else on and maybe counteract that and bring me yeah. down a bit but yeah anyway well, 
Appreciate your Thanks, time, gentlemen. Bill. Yeah, it was a good chat tonight. Good and, Bill. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a goodie. Take care. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the Redneck Country Podcast. I'm Bill, the Almost Guy Tom. And I'm Todd, and thanks for listening. And folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Again, that's podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week. <laughs>